0: Welcome to the podcast Cocktail Party Economic Conversations with
1: your hosts
2: Evie Adamate
1: and Richard Maranta.
2: Well, welcome to our concluding uh, episode of Cocktail Party Economic Conversations. We're going to tie up some loose ends. And I'm going to do what I did. The first episode is I'm going to hand over the reins to Steph, who's going to take over interviewing us. Go ahead, Steph.
3: Great. Thanks, Evie. So I'm really happy to be back here. I hope you all enjoyed all of the different alumni speaking to their expertise. But you might notice an unfamiliar face uh, that wasn't here on the first introductory episode. So I'd like to introduce Joshua. He's actually been the summer co-op student who's been supporting faculty members in this very quick transition for all of them to try and get their courses ready for online for all of you this fall. And so we can't thank Josh enough. He's made this a lot easier for everybody involved. And so a a virtual applause for Josh. What what program are you in Josh?
0: Uh, I'm in a Bachelor of Commerce. Uh, I'm in the Public Management Specialization, soon to be changed to Government, Economics and Management.
3: Great. Well, thank you. And please feel free to chime in if you feel any of these questions relate to you and your involvement in creating these podcasts. So I'm just going to start it out by what was it like to film in different locations? So working together yet remotely.
2: Well, I'm going to start by saying um, when you're recording on Zoom, um, it got a little tricky. And Rick, who really cares about sound? Uh, you were the first to say, let's uh, incorporate Zencaster, right? Yep. Yeah, so yep. Zencaster is a separate program, so we go to that so that we're recording sound on our own computers, but visually, Zoom is um, happening for the for the video. And uh, the problem with that is because uh, we're counting on the internet, and there were lots of times when internet internet really made things slow. It was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, we started to learn that we needed to record earlier in the day rather than later in the day, because later in the day became uh, very risky in terms of, um, you know, having yeah. stable pictures that weren't pixelating quality, on us. Yeah. All, the, all the kids are playing Call of Duty around for <laughs> 4. Years. So, anyway, yeah. Josh, you should do your little intro, you told all our guests.
0: Yeah, I think the most interesting part of it for me was um, not being in the same place. It, people would see my face kind of looking at my computer, and I'd say, you know, just one second, um, and I'd have to introduce myself because it would be, they'd be ready for Professor Adame and Rick, and then there's just this random student on the call, <laughs> and I'd be like, hi, I'm Josh, I'm pulling the production strings. I kind of came up with a line that I repeated for every single podcast. Um, But I think not being in the same location, I found it just a little more nerve wracking. And I think maybe we'll talk a little bit more about the the infamous lost video cast, um, our first one, which was the big mistake. But uh, that was that upped the pressure on me a little bit, not being all together um, and not having really having to figure out on my own how to make up um, make backups and just be like effective in the role because I'm here to support uh, Rick and Professor Adame. Um, mm-hmm. And the and so making sure that I was fulfilling my job and we weren't losing podcasts and recordings. You might as well tell I mean, your story. I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want me to tell? Ta- okay. So I'll, okay, t- I'll tell ahead. the story really quickly. Um, the first episode, uh, that introductory episode that you watched at the beginning, that was actually our second take. So the first one I took, um, I recorded it on zoom and I thought, Oh, it's going to be really nice. And then I went to go open the recording and, um, on on the cloud um, because Zoom saves it to a cloud. And it was just my face for about five seconds and then it went black because I turned off my camera and it was a black screen for 25 minutes. So I had the audio, but I didn't have um, the visual. So then I started, um, I got on on the phone with Zoom and then I was um, chatting with them back and forth. And I said, please, please, please tell me you gotta have it somewhere. It's gotta be in some kind of server in Arizona. And they said, I'm sorry, we can't do anything. So then I had to write this long email to Professor Adame. I'm so sorry. I lost it. Forgive me. Please don't fire me.
3: You know what? That's such a great, like, just experience for you to have. Now you have, you know, you made a mistake, but you are able to rectify it. And it wasn't a big deal. We were just able to refilm it. And at the end of the day, I think that that's what Co-op is all about, right? Like learning how exactly. to and develop those skills that challenged your you know that would have been really hard to admit that you made a mistake but good for you it's been a
1: but there was some lunch. lost material great stuff all the <laughs> best <laughs> stuff in that one episode so What well, was with staff,
2: right so you actually actually it was kind of interesting because uh we were able to say well at least we didn't lose it with an outside alumni it was yeah. a person who works at the university uh And so I was really glad we started with you because we could kind of work out a lot of the kinks Um, because a lot of the people we had speaking on this show were very busy people and I don't think they would have understood asking to retape or no, I can't use the word tape, re-record what we were doing. So um, that was, you you were very gracious too to say, no problem, I can do it again. And we did. Well,
1: there's lots of also challenges working from all different locations. It's like it takes a long time to set it all up and prepare and, you you know, we got to start in advance and stuff like that. And then when you're doing this, we're, we're not actually editing them. We we never edited them much. Right. So, like, I almost just sneezed right now because I got allergy, <laughs> allergy season. So I've got my thing. So if I sneeze, I'm just going to mute and I'll sneeze.
2: Actually, gonna- show your screen because it's really funny.
1: Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, I have a green screen here behind me because m- behind here is an unmade bed that I go lie down <laughs> when I get tired in the afternoon. So, <laughs> there's a green screen. So, I feel like my arm, look at that. So, look at that. And and I can also change the background. I'll just show you this right now. Uh, let me just do this. Uh, go so, it, it always here looks here like he's in his right living room right, having
2: right, these conversations. Look at that. Nice. So, hey, look.
1: Change the screen, so I have an Elgato. It's actually for gamers, Uh, green screen, and um, different equipment here. We have a boom arm and a Yeti microphone, and and Evie's got some good equipment too. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, So that was the one thing. um, I'm very not tech savvy, like terrible. And so when I realized I was going to go online, I and I I had this idea that I wanted to do these podcasts because I thought it would just make you know economics not quite so kill me now you know it's just like boring 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 and i thought this might make people realize economics is kind of pertinent for real life but i contacted rick and said okay i what do i need to buy so he sent me a list so a laptop a logi webcam uh whatever this is logitech sorry logitech and (laughs) then i have oh um, this this is the best i have uh there's without the light. So some of the episodes, I had this light shining on me that was like a lamp. And then I bought this. And it made that's very nice. Isn't that cool? Yes. And so I basically have like a recordings, I have a recording studio. So you can see when I go back and forth, the sound is really, you know, so Rick was always going, stay near your mic, check your Zancaster, make sure you got the right mic. On. <laughs> and he just gave me the list. And I went and bought it all. I didn't even question. Okay. All right. So I had a huge... But now
3: you're set up because none of us know what the future of education holds. Does anyone have any predictions of what it may or may not look like?
2: I think uh, winter is going to be online. I don't see us. I think macro, just like micro, will be online. So Mm -hmm. we're looking at recording a second set uh, of called Dinner Party Economics. But Mm -hmm. Josh will be in school. So he is not a co-op student this fall. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Very yep. disappointing. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, if you like the podcast, then great. But if, if you didn't hold on, cause there's probably 12 or 13 more coming in in macro.
1: Right.
3: Well, I was talking with an alumni this morning, actually, and he works at Shopify and he was saying how they made an announcement that they're going completely office free and uh, they want to be the leader in the future, and they don't see office space as, as a, as a way of the future. And so I think that we're going to see a lot of disruption across a lot of different industries, education included, as we're experiencing it right now. Together, preparing for the fall semester. So I, but one thing that sticks out to me is. I mean, I met my husband in first year, I met some best friends in that first year experience. And so trying to get to know people at the level that you can when you're living with them and, and eating together and, you know, all of the things that you can do. um, I just really hope that the first years are able to connect and really start to develop those deep relationships that can really carry them through the rest of their life.
2: Yeah, I don't see university in the I mean, once we get a a, a vaccine, we're going to be back on campus. I mean, I think I'm going to change how I teach micro for sure. But I don't think we're going to a virtual university where people because university is about more than just classes. It's Mm -hmm. about all those other things, meeting people. Um, We call it assortative mating. You know, you meet people who are like you at university. A lot of people meet their spouse, their partner at university. So Mm -hmm. uh, you can't, you know, it's going to be very difficult. Or lifelong
1: friends too, right? Yeah, Yeah.
2: lifelong friends. Like uh, uh, Martin Mm -hmm. actually met uh, you and our other friend, Norm and another friend, Brenda, while they were at the University of Waterloo. So I think you can't discount uh, proximity. We're not going to go to a university without proximity. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but we, I do think, I mean, I'm retiring in about six years. I don't see myself standing in front of a class of 600 um, the way I used to. I think right. now that these lectures are video, I'll be trying to get smaller groups and uh, trying to see people in a smaller context. Um, I, I just don't see going back to a big lecture hall.
1: Like stand-up training was already uh, being sort of weaned off. We were being weaned off. Like I, I do e-learning at, that's my business, e-learning development. Mm -hmm. my company. Um, And we deal with corporate clients and they were already, you know, getting rid of classroom training and turning it into online learning. So at least part of it, like, because there's so much of online learning that can be done, you know, upfront, right? All the basic stuff. And then when you really need like in-person training, you can just focus on the most important or people's questions, right? So there's no reason why every time you have to repeat the same you know, basic, uh, you know, re- recall information. It's it's higher level learning. I think that you want in person environment, right? Synthesis and just, you know, thinking through questions and things like that. So, it's already been happening, but I think a lot of companies now are realizing that the cost savings, right? You can just keep re. You can develop it once if it's on demand, and then just keep reusing it. Like so. And if uh, I might go ahead. Beg,
0: sorry, Professor Adame. Um, no problem. I might, like, I worked with quite a few professors this, uh, this semester, this co-op semester, and I was really impressed by, there was Professor Adame and a few other professors who said, okay, like we really have to make these courses interesting. And I think um, especially you, Professor Adame, took it to the next level and said, okay, I want to make sure that people are, they know me. Uh, and I think you kind of are a myth and a legend oh, on
1: no. campus. Oh, Every single university. You get extra student. points there, Joshua. <laughs> I know. Every
0: single. Are you taking uh, she, um, one of her she, courses
3: this fall, Josh?
2: <laughs>
0: oh, it's intro. No, she's just my program advisor. So <laughs> we we'll reference letter later. But, um, but I will say this. I think that um, she really did want to impart some of the, the University of Guelph culture on, on, on these students. And I don't think you get the same first year experience if you didn't see professor Adame or, or, have some of her, her good and corny jokes and just kind of the whole, it, you have to have the whole experience you can't be a BCom student at Guelph without taking a, a class from professor Adam. It just doesn't work.
2: I have to tell you a funny story. Uh, my older, both my sons came to Guelph and my older one actually took Management Economics and Finance, the same major I'm the academic advisor for. And when he came out of high school to university, he said to me, I don't think I'm going to tell people that we're related. I said, no problem. You don't have to tell people we're related. You can be free to, you know, fly your wings. So then he, uh, um, he actually registered for another prof's class, but he would attend mine because partly you don't have one conflict of interest. So he would go to my lectures, but he was technically in another guy's class. Anyway, he came up to the front podium and said, hi, mom, and, and ch- chatting with me in front of all these students. I said, I thought you weren't going to tell people that we're related. He goes, oh, mom, I thought you'd be a liability, but you're actually an asset. <laughs> <laughs> well, of- <laughs> I said, why do you say that? He goes, oh, mom, everyone knows who you are. Everybody, (laughs) he said, "You're kind of like a rock star." (laughs) I went, "Oh, I, I had no clue because you know, until your kids come to school, they're like moles in the organization, telling you what people really think." And I had no idea what people really thought. So that was, uh, and then at one point, I figured out, I at any one point, you know, the campus has like twenty four thousand people. I probably have taught a quarter of them.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: So a lot of people
3: yeah i get why you don't live in guelph i do <laughs> I,
2: know. I don't it want it anyone sitting on, in my food
1: it all depends on which rock star type he's referring to is it like oh, Megadeth or somebody more
2: oh yeah the old ones
3: <laughs> i'd love to hear everyone's opinions on if they felt like there were themes throughout all of the different people and and topics of conversation, or if they were fairly, you know, exclusive of each other.
2: Yeah, I think the one thing that I was struck by all our guests is just they were such nice people. Like they were nice people who wanted Mm -hmm. good. And so we spent a lot of time talking about how economics is about human beings and about values. I I mean, I thought the word values came up quite a bit. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Rick, did you find that? Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And also just that uh, how how much the human emotions play in this uh, economics, like you you just don't realize how much, uh, how many forces there are at play in economics, right? And people's preferences, they change, like, especially now with COVID, it's just an interesting time to be doing this discussion with these people because they all have unique challenges and it's interesting, Yeah. So yeah, that what people value during a given time determines some of the market, right? And I might have
0: a unique perspective on it because I was watching all of them, mm-hmm. um, and I, I was just editing a few of them, and I noticed that, like the vac that our um, our podcast video cast, it didn't exist in a vacuum. So things that were on the news, they they kind of made their way into into the video cast. We talked a lot about. Um, About uh, the the effects of COVID nineteen on economics, but we also talked about Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matter, and and other movements that were happening as we were taping um, taping this podcast. And we always tried to strike a balance. Oh, I'm not supposed to say taping, recording the (laughs) podcast. And we tried to strike a balance from being too topic, not being too topical, and at the same time still being relevant, so somebody could watch this in two or three years. And still get the gist of it um, mm-hmm. or even five years outside of COVID time and still still find it relevant but at the same time it's relevant to students who will be watching it in in two or three weeks.
3: Yes for sure and I think Abby, what you said about good I work I have the opportunity to work with all of our external partners whether it be corporations and or alumni of of Guelph and specifically the Lang Business School and and our motto is educating the leaders of tomorrow for a sustainable world using business as a force for good. And so thinking about all of those different impacts that we can have, and I, I feel that same way whenever I talk with our alumni, it's just they're kind, loving, wonderful, pe- wonderful people. And I think that that type of person is, is innately drawn to come to Guelph as well. Because of mm-hmm. have faculty members like yourself who go above and beyond to put in that extra effort. They want students to really learn and understand and develop those skills. And even in these really interesting times that we're living in, doing it so that they're getting everything out of it that they should be. So does anyone have anything else that they'd like to add in terms of the experience of creating podcasts together?
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, just back to our, um, our guests. I just think it's really interesting what a wide variety of people and different fields that people have gone into through economics, like just everything from mm. like, um, I don't know, like compliance officers who are or comp- competition officers, right. To, to people into, um, I don't know what other fields there's, well, so you know,
2: selling cookies and, yeah. uh, cookies, and then, you know, the head, you know, we had Evan Sidal, who's the CEO for Canadian mortgage and housing corporation. Mm-hmm. He was probably our most, uh, you know, I didn't know him. I never taught him the other people. I, I, they had actually taken courses from me. So, mm-hmm. um, but he, he's, he's just slightly, slightly younger than me, like about five years. So, I never taught him, but he he was like gracious too, like very, it didn't matter. They had, you know, we had people who were doing work in, um, you know, the online platform for, for, um, what, for people to get housing, um, you know, get plumbers or uh, carpenters, uh, home stars, I think it's called. And then we had other people who just started a new business, right? So in, in, um, Basically, public relations kind of work. Yeah. So yeah, they were just people all over the place. Uh, and in I, terms think of the
0: I was really surprised at how high Guelph graduates had had made it. I mean, we had we had the CEO and president of the uh, Canadian mortgage, the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation. But we also had people who were who had worked in New York or were working in New York at big um, marketing firms. So I think sometimes um, we don't sell Guelph enough. We don't say like, look at where our graduates have gone and look at where you can go. Um, so I think, you know, it was good to have some, we had people from all different sectors, but also people who were, who were pretty high up in whatever sector they were in. And so it was really interesting to see that.
2: I also was trying to get people who weren't necessarily close to retirement so that students who are 18, 19 can kind of feel like they could identify with some of these people. Um, yeah, so I would say the guests were very interesting and very tied to the conversation in the chapter. So mm-hmm. we were able to chat about those ideas. And one thing that happened:
0: we evaluator. We had evaluator. We had a demand manager. Things that you would have never thought were jobs um, or <laughs> occupations. So it was it was interesting to see that as well.
2: The other thing that happened in our conversation is we would close out the conversation and the guests would normally leave and then the three of us would stay to chat, but we would always chat about food because <laughs> both of these guys are Italian. And so we would chat about food. We'd, we'd actually just stay and kind of have that denouement where we're just chatting about the talk and how good... It, and every time we'd get off and go, well, that was great. That was great. That was great. You know, we were always very happy with the talk and then we'd yeah. revert to food. We'd talk... <laughs> <laughs> and Josh's mom would sometimes come in. <laughs> <Aww>.
0: <laughs> she would always make, she would, she is around. Yeah. Do you want her to pop in? <laughs> she did get off from the other room, but um, she, she would always kind of listen in and then she'd make a comment. She, oh, it was good. It was good. Oh, that was interesting. Oh. And then she finally, she didn't know what either of you looked like. And then I had to show her one of the videos because she goes, what does Professor Adamay and what does Rick look like? And I pulled them up and she goes, oh, she goes, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I I didn't imagine them looking like that. I don't know what she imagined you looking like. She didn't
1: realize how good looking we were. (laughs) Yeah, she said,
0: wow, what a stunning, stunning podcast. podcast. Yeah, so. She's a a
1: good mom.
2: We would have some, yeah, yeah. So these guys would chat a little bit in Italian, not Italian, in Italian food, uh, talk yeah. And yeah. Yeah. coffee, and, uh, you know, became, so we would, we would actually yeah. not always leave the conversation after the recording. It mm-hmm. felt a little bit not like work. I don't know. Right. It did it feel like work to you guys.
1: No, I mean, it's always a bit nerve wracking when you're talking to some of these people because they're busy people, you don't want to waste their time, you don't want anything to go wrong. Right. So I'm sure we all, you know, hold our held our breath. I mean, we did have one that had to get postponed to the next day because of technical difficulties beyond our control. So you do feel like oh so you're kind of stressed before and then after you got to recover. I have to go back and lie down on my bed behind my green screen.
3: <laughs> I think you need to take the green screen down so we can see the bed that you're. Uh, <laughs> you know? Not me.
2: Yeah, if, if, I'm if in a, person, in I'm a room. Smart. So the uh, it, it I think working from home has really. Made a change in you know what we think is a normal background, and and you start to realize you're revealing your personal life when you're Mm -hmm. on um, a video call. So,
1: yeah, I'm sure we were sorry we were talking about like well supply and demand, like the equipment for this thing has must skyrocket, right? Like mics, cameras. I I think you couldn't even get webcams for the longest time. So those people have made a a ton of money, Mm -hmm. right? Like these these mics and. So it's an interesting too, right? Everybody must be you know, working on that. It's probably really a good idea too. If you're doing this a lot, like start investing in it because it makes a difference in how you come across and how clear you are. I mean, it looks like we all have pretty good equipment right now, so yeah. I found that
2: uh, that was the one thing Rick and I had pretty good equipment and we, so so sometimes our guests might be dark, like they're mm-hmm. you know the, the way the lighting was hitting their faces. Uh, other times their sound uh, might not work right. um, with uh sometimes we had people who were using one their laptop for their video and their mm-hmm. ipad for their sound because oh, they wow. couldn't get it to work properly
1: right yeah
2: what did you say Rick
1: Oh, ZenCaster didn't we we found that ZenCaster didn't work with iPads at this point, right?
2: Yeah, so that yeah, meant so we technology had to can make Zoom.
3: smoother, more efficient, yeah. more professional for sure if you can get your hands on it these days.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, I felt the weight of it cuz I thought, "Oh no, if this person doesn't didn't read the thing that ZenCaster only works on Zoom on a computer, uh, or it only works on Chrome, on a computer. Mm. We're going to have to do it on Zoom. So right. I was always, I always had that moment of I'm like, I would wait, I'd wait, I'd see, are they going to sign on to Zencaster? And when I'd see the little health check pass on Zencaster, I thought, good, okay, everything's okay. Yep. Good. Yeah, good. We don't have
1: another lost podcast. And yeah. we, we learned to use our calendar invites, didn't we? <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah, after, after many, many. On, many- I really did not
0: want to use, I'm, I'm an old man. So I just keep, I'm an old man trapped in a 21 a year old's body, but I keep a little count, cal- like a written calendar. Uh, and so for me, I thought, Oh no, Rick wants me to send out these calendar invites. And I had like a bunch of troubleshooting with that, but we figured it out by, by the fourth or fifth podcast, we figured it out.
2: Actually, I think it was by the eighth or ninth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was really was, funny. We've, yeah. we've kind of noticed that we always assume young people are the tech savvy people, but uh, Rick is the most tech savvy person mm-hmm. I know. And he's more tech savvy than his sons. Like, So I, I think that there's a bit of ageism here where younger people yeah. don't always realize that uh, our generation has said, okay, I mean, I learned so much. My learning curve went, I, I became much better. Like, really, uh, I, I now have a dog camera where I'm lecturing? Let me show you my doc camera. It's so pretty. It's a pretty cool look. Yeah. I I became much better. I I mean, Mm -hmm. I learned because there was no choice. And I think that that's one of the things that we found out in this COVID is that lots of uh, institutions like banks, we had a banker say that things that they were trying to get people to move over to what we're going to take 10 years to get everyone to comply happened in three months. Right. They, Mm -hmm. so online banking, I was talking with one guy at TD the other day and they said that they were doing, they had 10,000 people for every 10,000 people, uh, that were doing online banking in terms of transactions, it jumped to 90 through COVID for that kind of nine times up. And, and, COVID forced that. And I would say, you know, lots of universities have been trying to talk about flip classrooms and blah, 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 blah. Most of us resist, 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 because it just seemed very scary and a lot of work. But then now we have no choice. We, you know, if we're going to yeah. do this, we have to do it. And I don't want to do a, you know, a terrible job. So you start <laughs> to get better at, um, at yeah. technology.
1: It's like sink or swim, right? It really is. Oh, yeah. you, sometimes you get pushed in and you just got to go right and do it and make mistakes too. I think that's what it, sometimes organizations are like this. I found my experience, they want to plan everything and then they want to implement it like very sequentially. Right. And, and then sometimes they, they, through all this planning, they realize, Oh, this doesn't work. And they've wasted all this time planning. Sometimes you just have to go, and iterate and go back and test and just move like that. Right. And uh, that's, that's really Im- important, right? Just to sort of get going, make mistakes and then learn. So,
2: I think mm-hmm. one of the things COVID provided though was a cover that if we made mistakes and it was a disaster, people were more forgiving,
3: yes. you know, because
2: um, we could just say, Hey, uh, we we're trying, we just couldn't get this to work. We don't know mm-hmm. why not working um and if
0: the if the, free, if the screen ever freezes and you're watching one of these podcasts and people's faces aren't moving at the same time that they're speaking for a few seconds just remember it's covid be forgiven <laughs> yeah
3: well it sounds like everyone took a lot away from this from josh and his co-op a lot of learning there evie transitioning her course online and Rick hearing from all these different sectors and people in really varied roles coming out of the economics um, platform. So with that, we hope that all of you learned a lot and that you have taken away a better understanding of how economics works and good luck with your semester. And with that, we will say goodbye. Thank you.
1: Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye everybody. We'll be right back. back.